You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Oz Network as we bring you a spoiler-free movie review. And I thought this is going to be our second non-Oscars one of the year, but we actually haven't recorded the Birds of Prey one yet, so that is coming, but this one's apparently coming out first, because we're here to review the latest video game adaptation, the movie that nobody really wanted, the movie that everybody was freaking out about when they released a trailer of it, thinking this is going to be terrible, what on earth are we about to watch, and the movie that is actually surprising many people, that it's actually pretty darn good. I do, of course, speak of Sonic the Hedgehog, and we are here to talk about it. My name is Nobody Cares! My name is Mallory, and of course I want a latte! I love the way you make them! Thank you for that. You stole You're my so quote. welcome. I wanted to use that one. I'm but, pretty sure um, he says, like, you Im- idiot he says, or you imbecile he's or like, you... What, are you insane? Of course I want a latte! I love the way you make them! It's great. Yes. Um, no, this... he, according to this, he really doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Um, we wrong. we have just come back from seeing this movie. Uh, Colin apparently is too cool to see Sonic, so it's just Mallory and I. And Colin's missing out because you and I, Mallory, that is the person next to me, we're actually buzzing because we actually enjoy. We really enjoyed this movie. And had you asked me six months ago if I was going to like this movie, I, I was so nervous about this movie because. I grew up on Sonic. Sonic was the video game I played to death as a kid. I actually watched the cartoon as a kid. I had toys. I even read the comics, and I don't really read comics. So I I went into this with a lot of knowledge and a lot of fandom for Sonic. And I've been waiting a long time to see a Sonic movie. And I was thinking that, eh, this isn't going to be fantastic. The trailers don't look amazing. And uh, do we really, really need this? But... Yeah, you turned to me as soon as this movie finished and was like, what did you think? And I straight away said to you, I loved it. And you even just said to me that you really love it. So what are your thoughts on uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm trying to find out if a hedgehog has fur or not. You're trying to find out. Well, there's probably one outside our house right now if you want to go find it. Um, do you? Did you have any background of Sonic before coming to, to see this movie? No, I don't think so. But now, okay, after seeing the movie and talking about it and talking about the fact that there was a TV show, I think I may have seen some of the TV show, but I don't remember it. It would have, I mean, you would have been about born about when it was out. So, you know, maybe you might have seen stuff over the years. But, um, yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. Uh, My best friend in primary school used to always rent the videos and sort of watch it. And if anybody doesn't really know a lot about the the cartoon, like Sonic was kind of like this, you know, attitude-ridden hedgehog that ate a lot of chili dogs and basically was, you know, the cool kid very much that they turned him into. Because, again, most people, I'm sure, have played the 2D scrolling video game uh, that came out in the 90s, all the 3D monstrosities in the 2000s that nobody really talks about. Everyone only just really cares about the old-school side-scrolling games. Um, And as I said, like, the comics sort of had a lot of background story on how Sonic is and everything along those lines. So... It was just it was just surprising of how good this movie was because I mean you and I enjoyed Detective Pikachu last year similar thing I think like I went into it with a lot of knowledge on Pokemon having grown up playing Pokemon uh, but that was obviously a little bit more of a, a a different take when it came to um you know the the game because it wasn't necessarily just purely based on the game they tried to tie it into something a little bit different 
Um, and you walked out of that and you enjoyed Detective Pikachu from memory, didn't you? But you, you've said, I did. but you enjoyed this. Tell us why do you, did you enjoy this more than Detective Pikachu? I just felt like it, there was more of a story to it and I felt like it was just, it was better. What will tell me what, what did you enjoy specifically about this movie? I enjoyed Jim Carrey and I enjoyed, I think I just enjoyed like the rapport between little baby furry guy who doesn't have fur, if Sonic. you're wondering. I can't find anything. They don't have fur. And not-so-little-baby-not-furry guy. James Tom. Marston. Thank Tom. you. <laughs> James Marston. Um, you know, the guy who generally gets just, left behind in every single movie for the other guy. I think that there was more plot to it than there was to Dr. Pikachu or, like... Detective. Detective. Sorry, I'm getting confused <laughs> with my Pikachu's movies now. Dr. Pikachu's the prequel coming soon. Um, <laughs> no, I think that, like, there was just... Maybe not more plot, but, like, easier to follow plot. Well, I would, yeah, I, I would agree with that, because I think, I mean, both movies, I'd say, are arguably aimed at children, but I would say that this is more aimed at children than Detective Pikachu, because I think both play the nostalgia card when it comes to their new stories, but they this have... This one plays the nostalgia card a lot less, because I think that they... I think that Detective Pikachu relied more on having an audience that knew yeah. what Pokemon was and what each different animal, not animal, but each different Pokemon was, whereas this didn't rely on any kind of backstory. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's what I was like, kind of going to allude to because I think that you're, you're absolutely right. And I think the thing is with Detective Pikachu, they kind of... By playing the nostalgia card, I feel Detective Pikachu played more to the fact that a lot of people coming to see this would be adults who grew up with Pokemon, like myself. So, therefore, it was a little bit... It wasn't darker, but it had a little bit more darker elements to it. Whereas this, you're absolutely right. Like This purely plays as a kid's movie that basically any child of any age can come in and watch this and doesn't need to know anything about it. Yet, someone like myself, who grew up on Sonic, is going to enjoy it because there are subtle references to the video games, which, if you know anything about Sonic, you will get straight away. Uh, like there's a, there's a chili dog reference in this movie, and let's just kind of it's a passing little moment, and like straight away, boom! I'm like, okay, I understand that, and you and you I didn't, didn't get it at all. Yeah, um, and like there's a moment where you know there's around his shoes in this movie, and again, like it just it's just a fleeting little moment, which again, any kids are like, cool, he's got cool new shoes, but of course, someone like myself is like, hey, there's these red shoes, like you know, that's kind of the thing. That's kind of a spoiler, but I mean, God, if you're gonna get angry at me for spoiling the fact that he wears red shoes, then I don't know what type of person you are, but um. That was a bit mean, wasn't it? Anyway, moving on. But yeah, it's just it 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 reminded me more so of like so much of this movie actually reminded me of Casper in the nineties. I don't know if you've ever seen the Casper movie. So basically Casper was a cartoon series, I think in the sixties, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And they made a live action version of it, uh, I think it's like ninety six, ninety five, basically the year you were born or just beforehand. Um and a lot of this reminded me of that because of course in Casper He's a ghost that basically lives in a haunted house uh, with his three brothers who torture him, but he's lonely. All he wants is a friend. And then a family moves in, Christina Ricci, young Christina Ricci, and Bill Pullman, the president in Independence Day, they move in, and essentially everyone who's tried to move into the house has always been scared away. But they stay, and then Christina Ricci makes friends with Casper, and he's finally got a friend. So that's kind of what the thing is. So a lot of this, when Sonic is like, oh, I'm lonely, like, I want a friend, like, that reminded me of that. Um, so it's a weird comparison, but like maybe that's also, I think that this movie has that charm about it as a kid's movie where, 
you know, the only criticisms I'm basically seeing of this movie are, oh, it's just a, such a predictable plot. And I don't think that's a bad so? thing. So? Yes. Like, I... <laughs> that's what I want. Come on, guys. I, I do not think that's a bad thing. I think you and I did a bit of recording for Birds of Prey, which you'll hear in our review, and I think we kind of alluded to this as well, that there was a few complaints that it was very predictable. And as I mentioned in that, if I didn't, I'm going to mention it now, there's nothing wrong with predictable. Sometimes you can have a predictable movie and have it thoroughly enjoyable, just because we live in this age of cinema where it's got to be dark and broody and there's always got to be a twist or something like that or things have to be connected. Okay, that's how we are watching movies today, but there's nothing wrong with a, a A to Z paint-by-numbers plot that's enjoyable. And I, I would say that this is what this movie is. I think it's just it's a standard film. You know exactly what you're going to get, but it's like that is what makes this movie so enjoyable because there was so much fear around this movie being crap. And it wasn't. This movie, like, it exceeded so many expectations. I agree. And I think that along the lines of the plot being simple, I think that at least, well, A, it did have a plot, and B, not that it's a new idea, but, like, it's not a remake of Little Women. And that... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but, like, like, not that it is... It's not a 100% original idea, but at the same time, like, at least they are using a bit of original ideas. Like, it... It's a road trip between friends, I guess. Like, it's not it's not what you walk in expecting, I yeah. think. And that being said, it is a kid's movie. It doesn't need to be complicated. But at least it is a little bit more original than some of what we've seen in the past few years. And I think, too, that, like, on that notion of things have to be a bit different, let's take a look at some examples from last year that turned out to be crap. Men in Black International was very paint-by-numbers A to Z, but it also tried a few different things, and it was rubbish. Toy Story 4, for the most part was fine, then they had a terrible ending that basically just fucked over the entire franchise. So you have these moments where it's kind of like, well, let's try something a little bit different, and it doesn't work all the time. So this is where I think that like this movie just... It does what it needs to do. It's great. It's it's set itself up for... Easily, the ending of it sets itself up perfectly for a sequel. And I think what makes it really good, though, is the fact that I feel the makers of this movie, because this was delayed. This was meant to be released in November. Of course, we had all the problems with the design of Sonic. Everybody complained. He looked terrible in the trailer. So they had to go back to the drawing board and essentially make it completely different, delay it by three months. And for the life of me, that was a brilliant decision because if we all remember what the original trailer looked like, it looked pretty awful. And they've obviously made Sonic look like the cartoon that he, or the video game character. And... I, I can imagine that the, the studio behind this were, were terrified that this was going to lose them a lot of money. I mean, this is nearly a $100 million movie that Paramount have made. And already at the time of recording this, I believe it's already made about half of that in only a couple of days. So it's clearly going to be a success. And the way it ends, I think, closes it off enough that if a sequel never happens, mm-hmm. it's fine. But there will be a sequel to this movie because the reviews so far are actually pretty good. It's making money. And I think that now we're going to see that there will be a sequel to it. They chose a cast where they can make a sequel i think i think that they have actors who have enough enough depth to them that they have just made they've made the characters come alive and not all movies do that like especially when it's something that for so many of these the adults going to see this movie who are taking their kids to this movie it's important that the characters do come alive whereas for me if they didn't it would make no difference if they came out with another one after having awful characters i an awful awful actor just, i'd say why do i need to go see that i'm not going to whereas you would be angry and you would boycott the first one never mind the second one but oh i lost my train of thought why was i talking about this oh i'd really appreciated it 
that they fully closed off this movie and said the end and then they opened up for the next movie it wasn't again it was a nice simple plot where they weren't thinking about the next movie until the end of this movie and i really appreciated that you know i agree and i think again in this day and age where basically everyone's always trying to do backdoor sequels and cinematic universes and they always go into it this grand plan that I think that, yeah, everything you said was, I agree with completely. It's kind of, it's got a nice enough conclusion that if they do never make a sequel, and I don't know, I, I haven't read enough to see if they've already thought about a sequel, but clearly they at least put enough in the ending to allude to potentially a sequel, particularly after the, the credits, uh, sort of like the, the animated credits, which is kind of the norm. There's a little scene which you just stay for because it's very exciting for Sonic fans. Um, but like, I think too. You're talking about, like, making characters come to life. Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic now. I'm completely unfamiliar with Ben Schwartz. I think he's best known for Parks and Recreation. Looked at his filmography and really I haven't seen... I mean, he apparently did the voice of BB-8 in The Force Awakens. Cool. The beeps, like... (laughs) Yes. Must have got fired because I don't think it lists him as being in The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker. But he, he was great and I think... That the difference again here, and we keep bringing up to take a Pikachu because it's probably the closest thing we can compare it to, is that you know there was no expectation of any Pokemon fan as to what Pikachu would be like if Pikachu talked because Pikachu didn't talk. Pikachu just went Pika Pika. That was it. So when we had Ryan Reynolds, it was kind of cool. It's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. They've explained why. Great. Whereas Sonic's different. Like if you've watched the cartoons, you know what Sonic's meant to be. He's meant to be, as I said, cool and kind of you know, bit you know, hip, and he's you know, like he's he drops references and he's you know, a bit of a smart aleck. Like that's Sonic. And I think that Ben Schwartz delivers that. I don't know if you felt that way. Like I think there was there was enough of that to his personality, but he also was humble enough and kind of he, he brought that real sort of loneliness to the character, particularly in the first half of the movie. I think that from here to a next movie, based on what you've described. And what I think I remember of the, not comic, what's the thing on TV? Cartoon. Cartoon. I think that it, it is his origin story. And I think that because of that, it's a good way for Ben Schwartz to have worked him up to a place of this annoying teenager, basically. Because mm. um, he's and- only like 10 or something in the movie, isn't he? Like, that's kind of his age that's given. I totally missed that, apparently. When he lands on Earth, he says, like, 10 years later, basically. Uh, Although, I guess in the opening bit, he's a little kid, so he's probably 14, 15 or something. Yeah. But had a hedgehog's age. Sorry. Are you okay? Yes. Keep talking. I hear a fan in there. I I was trying Um, to work out something in my head. Yeah. Takes a while. Yeah. (laughs) Did I make you lose Um, your train of thought, didn't I? I don't know. Ben Schwartz did a great job. Yes. The the one thing, actually, before we get to the other actors, because we're going to talk a lot about uh, particularly one of them, but um, the one thing, and this is from the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler, that, that is completely new with any Sonic backstory or anything like that is the fact that he's an alien, um, which when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's like, why are they doing that? Why are you making Sonic an alien? But it works. Weirdly, it kind of works, and it's not done to a level where it's such a huge deal. Um, I mean, if it, the backstory from the comics is basically that Sonic is, you know, very uh, superhero-y, sort of created in a lab. There's like an explosion and he's, you know, super skilled and created and all that sort of stuff. But this, they go the whole alien route here. But um, back to the actors, before we get to the one that we all want to talk about, um, James Marston, 
like, I, I've always liked James Marsden. I've always felt sorry for James Marsden because he is the quintessential guy that no one ends up with. There's X-Men. There's Superman Returns. The Notebook. Like, he's the one that people should be with because he's just such a nice, good-looking guy. And there's always some asshole like Ryan Gosling who comes along with his thumb face. And he's like, mm. That movie was stupid. Um, But, like, in all fairness... He's already got the girl in this movie, so he's fine. <laughs> like, there's no threat for the girl being lost in this movie. But I, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed James Marsden. And, like, the guy doesn't age. This guy is, like, I remember X-Men 2000. He still looks the same. This is 20 years later, and he'd have to be in his 50s, James Marsden. Uh, your, your take on, on Mr. Marsden? I just think that he's always the same, and that's fine with me. Do, do you think he's attractive? I, I remember one of my friends in high school was very much in love with him because uh, it was always like, oh, Cyclops from X-Men is very attractive. Uh, he's 46. Okay. He's the same age as my mom. Oh, is well, he? Well, actually, you're younger. But... I remember, I actually, uh, 30 Rock, I remember him in 30 Rock. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I've... I need to see him from the past. He, yeah, I, I definitely think that he has not aged, but he's great. He's And he's kind of got that... The good chemistry with Ben Schwartz, like, it would be interesting to see the making of this movie and kind of just how that worked, because apparently Ben Schwartz did some facial capture, like, motion capture with Sonic, but I always would be intrigued to see, like, you know, the bits when in the car, like, is Ben Schwartz sitting or, like, sort of in the background, like, so they can bounce the dialogue off each other? Like, I don't know how this was made. It felt like they definitely could have been in the same room together, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But, um, I mean, look, again, we'll get to him. Other people, I never really heard of, so her name is Tika Sumpter, who played uh, James Marsden's wife in the movie. I've never really seen her or anything. She was fine. Um, I do love the fact that Neil McDonough is in this movie and is kind of listed as a main cast member. Basically, if you saw the original trailer of him and Jim Carrey, that's the only scene he is in this movie. Yep. And he still gets... I'm, I'm feeling there were lots of deleted scenes in this movie with him in it if he's to get sort of semi-star billing. Uh, and, I mean, he does basically play the same, but I love Neil McDonough. He's 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 great actor. I mean, we talked a lot about him in uh, sort of our Third Watch coverage in the crossover with Medical Investigation, but you obviously know him a little bit more from Suits. Pro- oh, not Suits. Uh, no, it was Suits. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking White Collar Promoter. Suits. Um, Desperate yeah. Housewives yeah. he was in. Lots. I mean, he's in everything. But um, I just love the fact that he's kind of got this, you know, semi-star billing. But, I mean, the star of this movie, and this is where all the reviews have been going, and it is clear as day why they have been, because he is brilliant. Jim Carrey, it's been a long, long time, I feel, since Jim Carrey has actually done sort of this over-the-top style, cartoonish character, which Jim Carrey was so famous for in the 1990s. I mean, looking... I mean, he's really... He's done a lot of, I guess almost indie movies that kind of nobody sees. The last real blockbuster he did was Dumb and Dumber 2, and that was back in 2014. Uh, he's obviously starring in Kidding at the moment, which, again, he's he's kind of more dramatic. He's, I mean, he's great. He's a great dramatic actor. But taking outside Dumb and Dumber 2, you know, you'd have to look. I mean, he, the incredible Burt Wonderstone, he was kind of only, like, half billing. That was more Steve Carell. Mr. Poppins' Penguins, but he wasn't as crazy as he usually is. Yes, man, a bit more subdued. I mean, even looking at Fun with Dick and Jane, I mean, he hasn't really done this outlandish, outlandish sort of character really maybe since The Grinch because I think kind of some of these other comedies that he's done, I mean, maybe Lemony Snicket's, he was a bit of an evil buffoon in that too probably, but it's been a long time, but he's amazing. Like this, this is why he's my favourite actor because he is just entertainment personified. I can't disagree with anything you've said. You it's have, hard to... Like, you haven't seen a lot of his movies, have you? No, I'm looking at this list, and I can probably count on one hand 
I the, what I have seen. And we haven't done a Jim Carrey movie on this podcast, and I'm actually devastated. I'm going to force Colin's hand to say that we need to do Jim Carrey month, and it's not even going to be enough. But like, have look, I seen Batman Forever? I don't think you've seen Batman Forever. No, but like, I mean, the '90s were just everything about him. He had hit after hit after hit. I mean, 1994, he had the two biggest box office hits basically that year with Ace Ventura and The Mask. But, I mean, God, growing up as a, like, I l- would watch Ace Ventura religiously, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, uh, The Cable Guy, Liar Liar, Truman Show. I would watch these movies over and over again. You've seen The Truman Show. We watched The Truman Show I have Show seen together. 10 out of the... Robbed of an Oscar nomination for The Truman Show. 40 movies on this list. Still cannot believe that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for The Truman Show. But, um, yeah, it's such a return to form for him. And mm. because the thing is with Dr. Robotnik is that there's not a whole lot to his character. He is kind of the moustache-twirling villain in the video games, the comics, and the cartoon. He doesn't have a lot more to him than simply he is the moustache-twirling villain. And Jim Carrey plays up to that. Like, they kind of add that he's, like, the smartest man in the world and, you know, the government sort of calls him up. But outside of that, like, there's no such thing as character development with him. You don't need it. Because this is Jim Carrey playing. There's, There's one particular scene, like, you had your latte line. It's it's kind of like this, um, he's basically working out how to use some technology and it's to music and he kind of is doing this dance and so it's just, oh. It's amazing. Like, that entire scene literally made this movie. And not that you could take the scene out and it, the movie would be no different mm. except you just love Jim Carrey a little tiny bit less and you don't know it until you see that scene. I I just, I can't imagine anyone else playing this character. Like, I think I read a, a list of people that were meant to play Sonic. Like, I think um, Paul Rudd was on there. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd would have been good. There were some big names on there. Yeah. And, like, I mean... That being said, Ben Schwartz is a big name to people who know Parks and Rec. We just don't. But I think the thing, too, that works with that is that, I mean, this really is... I don't want to say it's a Jim Carrey star vehicle because, like, I mean, Jim Carrey clearly is the, the outstanding star of this, but, like, it doesn't take away enough from Ben Schwartz. I feel like mm. if it was Paul Rudd and you're kind of competing a little bit more, like, think about Detective Pikachu. Again, it was a Ryan Reynolds thing, but it didn't take away from the guy, I've gone blank on his name, the the main dude. The, uh, the black guy. Yes, the guy's in Jurassic <laughs> World and that. I was, yeah, I forgot that. Um, I've gone blank World. on his name, but anyway. But anyway, but, like, that Phil. kind of... Yeah, Phil. Um, Phil? Oh, he, no, he's got a... What's Phil his name? Phil is our refrigeration repairman at work. He's also black. Didn't you... Didn't you was, uh, Justice Smith. I knew there was a justice in there. Thank you, Ben. Um, but, yeah, like, it didn't... But uh, Jim Carrey, this man is just absolutely crazy. I actually... Before we went and saw this movie, I actually watched the latest episode of Kidding, and it's kind of... It's weird to just see the parallels of how good of an actor that Jim Carrey is. That he can do this as well as that. But this this is the thing, because like this, tw- 20 years ago, this is all he was known for. This was like basically Jim Carrey was the comedy guy. And that's why a lot of people say that he never got the Academy Award nomination for Truman Show, because the Academy didn't want to respect him because he was just rubber-faced crazy man. A lot of what people are saying this year is why Adam Sandler didn't get an Oscar nomination, despite the fact that he's apparently brilliant in Uncut Gems. So it's, it's kind of sad that they get that stick reputation. But, like, Jim Carrey... You can watch him in this, you can watch him in The Mask, Dumb and Dumb, and see this comedic genius that he is. But then you watch The Truman Show, Man in the Moon, um, was it number 43, kidding, like, it's just, and just see the dramatic scope. Eternal Sunshine's The Spotless Mind. I hate that movie. I love Jim Carrey. I just hate that movie. But he's incredible in it. So, again, this guy just, oh, I think that you could almost say, like, if you take the names out of it, go see the movie, 
you go for Sonic, you go for Sonic making a relationship with the character James Marsden plays, but you stay for the moments that Jim Carrey is in it. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. Like, nothing against what the movie is really about, but Jim Carrey just almost lightens it, and this was explained really well in a review that we watched. He lightens it, and he brings the comedic side out of what is cartoonism. Yeah. And he makes it not weird that it is a cartoon. And I think this movie knows what it is, and this is a problem that video game movies have always suffered. They come into it with such a a reputation from video game fans expecting it to be what the video game is, and people who make video game movies always try to turn it into something different. And they always fail. That's why video game movies have generally been terrible. I mean, we covered Tomb Raider a couple of years ago. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies, but even I can see that they kind of stepped away from what the video game was. They tried something a bit different. We saw the newer one. I, I can barely remember it. Remember no, we saw it in the movies? don't talk about it. And, like, again, it kind of they tried, but then they tried something different. This movie knows what it is. This movie knows that it's a, a movie about a blue hedgehog and an evil cartoonish villain that basically has robots going after him. It, it doesn't need much more than that. And it, it, it works. And what's really interesting is that I think we came out of Detective Pikachu going like, yeah, actually, that really worked. They did something good with Pokemon and that made it into a good movie. But then you come out of this and it's completely different. And we've kind of had two video game movies in a row now where they've actually like, these are solid movies and they've actually worked out what they are. They've worked from their source material correctly. And I I can't see people who are fans of Sonic not liking this because, I mean, you're a... don't know a whole lot about it, but you enjoyed it. And I again, I remember you saying exactly the same thing after Detective Pikachu. So it appeals to all things. And just going back to that nostalgia card, and as you said, it doesn't rely on it. It, it really doesn't because... Detective P- Pikachu relied more on nostalgia than this one does. Yeah. Because yeah. in this one, but, but it also... there were two times where you leaned over and you said, this is the Sonic theme song. And you said, what was the other one? The Shoes. Oh, he always wears red shoes. There must have been a third one as well. What was the third? Uh, the the little bit at the very end, the the ending. Which oh, don't you say had to what explain to me. Don't say anything more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sure there was another one that was. I'd mentioned about obvious. the chili dog, but not in the, no, not movie, in the movie itself. There was a couple times when Ben leaned over to me and said, "Oh, this is the theme. This is." I think it's at the very beginning. There's a sound that's like one oh, of the, the sounds. Deling the, yeah, no, the, the rings, rings and the Paramount. So the Paramount logo they replace the stars with the rings. Um, and like, okay, I would have probably figured out the rings on my own. Just saying. Um, but it didn't. Like, I didn't need Ben to lean over and say, "Hey, this is the Sonic theme song." Like, I would have gotten through the movie without it. That would have been okay. Or. What was the other one that we said? Oh, the red shoes. Again, I would have gotten through the movie and I would have said, oh, like, that was a really sweet moment where he got these new shoes. Because it is. It's, like, this amazing, like, super sweet in, like, giving you... depth to character moment. Ben thought that I got what because was Because you kind of looked to me and you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, you get it, dude. And you're like, no, it's just a sweet moment. Yeah, it was yeah. just a really sweet moment. I was like, oh, Ben, like, look at what's happening. And Ben was like, no, Mallory, look at what's happening. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually get it, but that's okay. But then with Detective Pikachu, there were multiple moments when Ben would lean over and say, oh, like, that Pikachu, not Pikachu, that Pokemon is this, and this is why they're famous. And, like, there was a lot more explanation that I needed to actually get it, whereas this one, I don't feel like I missed out. Yeah, no, and that's, yeah, I think 
that that is what is this movie does very well because you know you look at this nostalgia train that we are on in so many different movies like you think about like Men in Black International how many things they kind of had to reference to kind of you know oh you better and Rise of Skywalker is a classic example that lived for fan service too much too much and this just did it enough like the very beginning of the movie like there's just so many little things that you kind of go cool and then even like the animated credits at the end and just the references and there is like one moment where you kind of hear the like the sonic theme um that's you know been in a few games and that was a similar thing in detective pikachu when um little pikachu's walking along and he's singing the the pokemon song like just kind of like little kind of things but like the shoe bit um you know there's the chili dog reference there's a moment where sonic calls robotnik eggman like it's just kind of like little things that are absolute direct references to the game the books and the the animated series like it's 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 just really done in such a way where again it's not like oh clearly they're shoving nostalgia down your throat so yeah so good um visually it looks fantastic too again we sort of mentioned about how they clearly were right in redesigning the model you and i just watched the original trailer just beforehand the the freaky looking sonic um but i mean visually again this movie looks fantastic i think that it does a good job in, again, not necessarily going out of its way to make it too serious in the fact that this is a guy hanging out with an alien hedgehog. Like, you don't need to make that super realistic and you kind of know what you are. That's what the problem was with The Lion King, wasn't it? Like, it went too realistic and you can't have animated features and songs on realistic-looking lions when they can't make facial expressions. This one knows what it is and it works well with that. I don't know if you really have anything to say, visuals, but, but I mean, even had music in there too. Like, I think it's got some good songs. The song we're mentioning in that Jim Carrey scene was fantastic. Uh, the credit song is great. We were just listening to it before. Um, yeah, I just think this ticks all the boxes, this movie. I agree. I'm just actually reading here. I'm, uh, I'm trying to find something to no, say. Like, I, like, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said, and it's harder to talk about. I think we've kind of covered everything. I'm just, I'm just actually reading here a nice little thing, which I didn't realize. Gary Chalk... Um, he was the original voice of Sonic in the cartoon series. He actually has a brief cameo in this movie, which is kind of uh, which is kind of cool. I didn't realize it's nice that they kind of give him a little nod there for that. But um, yeah, I I'm just again thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Thoroughly surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did, and I'm kind of spoiling what our thoughts will be for Birds of Prey. But um, kind of two for two for 2020. Um, you know, I think that we've actually, again, not including all the Oscars movies because they were all, I guess, technically released in 2019. But, yeah, I think two movies we've seen in 2020, we've both walked out with a smile on our face and we've enjoyed them. Definitely. I think that this one overall is just like a fun movie and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And that is all that matters. Like. Mm. We're off to a good start this decade. Unlike last year, I think we kind of we were already thinking what the hell's going on. Um, clearly, I'm buying this movie. Me too. Absolute buy, and yeah, I recommend this to everyone. Uh, go out and see it. Um, you know, even Come on, if, Colin. If, if, yeah, Colin, see this movie. Ta- Jamie would love. It. I'm sure Jamie. I mean, she's into anime and stuff. I'm sure she's played Sonic. Um, Casper will love it. The, the the twins will love it. Oh, this is an enjoyable movie. So uh, go out and see it. Um, I was just trying to think for our next review. Can we do the the um? I'm not seeing that stupid trolls movie. No, no, no. The guy <laughs> in the terrible. lab coat. The the guy in the lab coat. Not Doolittle. That's apparently oh, rubbish. Oh, he's the neighborhood man. The neighborhood man. I don't know what you're talking. Oh, the Tom Hanks one. 
uh, uh, something in the Mr. neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, that art guy. Mr. something. Yeah, Mr. Spock, no. <laughs> no. Mr. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Um, Sure, if it's around, if we can go and see it. Um, But I'm just trying to think outside of that, though. It might actually be No Time to Die will be the next movie we go and see because I don't know. I'm trying to get us to go to four movies. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, thank you. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't wear a lab coat, but I'm pretty sure he does. Isn't or like any, a white coat. Isn't it only three movies we need to see this month? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to push us to go see like a third or a fourth movie to enter a competition with our... We never um, win at Reading Cinemas here in Invercargill. Like, screw you, Reading Cinemas. Reading. Um, reading, whatever. I'm just, try- I'm just trying to go and have a quick little break because this is great, great here on the Oz Network. Because while I'm doing this, we obviously do have our other movies that we're covering at the moment. We're in Australia, New Zealand month currently. Um, Bong Cop, Bad Cop was released last oh, week. and What a great movie. Boy Town is coming out this week. Oh, God. you, you lo- Just quickly, give me a... Because I haven't, I, I don't know what Colin's thought is on this yet. I love Boytown. Boytown is my favorite Australian movie. Did oh, because you, you didn't watch all of the castle? No, did you? I never finished the castle. You'll, Not because watch I didn't soon. want to. It was just that I didn't have time. I'm just, time. I just needed you to record that on here so that um, I, I Colin absolutely <laughs> love that movie. Your mum hated it. And I don't it. think Colin <laughs> will absolutely love it as much as I did. And my mom did hate it. It's true. But this is where I'm just like, so I said to Colin, I said like, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it because I didn't, I honestly did not expect you to love it, and then you watched it and I you loved love it. it. And then um, it's just such Australian humor, and like it's just, it's great. But then like your mum hated it. Charlotte didn't even watch all of it. Like she kind of like what is like she had the same reaction as your mum. Like what is this? People movie? just think that it's really stupid, and that's why it's so funny. Um, whereas yeah, so Colin's gonna have one of those two opinions. I feel uh, for some reason when I press on coming soon, it takes me to now showing. Let's try coming. Oh, I press movie rating. What am I doing here? This is all should be edited out. But are we actually caring? No. All right, here we go. Let's have. A look here at some of the upcoming movies that uh, we're probably not going to cover on the Oz Network. Uh, well, Black Widow, but that comes after No Time to Die. Um, oh, I want to see this just because it has Harrison Ford in it. I've never read the book. Call of the Wild. I've never heard of that before. It's a book. Is it? Oh, I, don't sure. read, I don't read them. Um, yeah, this is really nice. good. Oh, Mulan. Are we going to go see Mulan? I kind of swore off Disney oh, movies. Oh, here's the thing. Comes out in March. Mulan is probably my favorite Disney movie. Second favorite for me. Mushu isn't in it. And they don't sing in Mulan. And they don't sing. I, I'm really hesitant. Because the thing is, though, with Mulan, it is kind of one of these ones where you can understand why they made it into a live action. Similar to Aladdin, like, it makes sense, but... You understand why they've made it into a live action. You understand why they've decided to make a movie based on the Chinese proverb. Mm. But you don't understand how it's now a remake of a Disney movie because it no longer is. And I did say after Lion King, I will never see a live-action Disney movie Maybe again. Maybe <laughs> I'll go see it by myself and tell you how it is. We'll see. But other than that, based on what I'm looking at here and what's coming soon, again, you think we would have done this beforehand, but we didn't. Peter Rabbit too. Come on, that Ben. That comes out a week before No Time to Die. No, thank you. Um, it looks as though No Time to Die will be the next one we do. And the thing is, we don't know how we're going to cover No Time to Die just because we have a whole podcast for James Bond and clearly we're doing the coverage on 007, but... 
Um, we might do some form of, or just maybe we'll cross-platform it. We'll do it kind of like what we did with um, our Robert Darby interview where it was sort of it was for both channels. So we might just go into it with that notion. But stay tuned for that. In the meantime, on Double Oz 7, we are about to release a uh, analysis episode of the song that was released this week. We will do a preview episode ahead of No Time to Die. And coming soon, Mallory's in the midst of watching the James Bond movies. She's watched four of them. We've got a lot more to catch up, and we're going to do a similar thing to what we did with Rossi, where basically Rossi watched all the Bond movies, and he came on and gave his rankings. Mallory's doing the same. She's ranking them as she goes along, and I don't know her rankings. I want to be surprised on the episode Four episodes in, we watched Thunderball last night. That was I forgot how boring that movie is. So boring. <laughs> I'm not a Thunderball fan. I had that as my third worst Bond, and it might even track a few bits lower uh, after what this ranking. What are rankings. the two worst than that one? Uh, Moonraker is absolutely terrible. That's Bond goes into space. And shut up, Colin. I do know he's only in the last 20 minutes, but whatever, he still goes into space. And Live and Let Die. Although, having seen Thunderball, Live and let I... Die. Just last That's night. Song goes, right? Yeah, I feel Live and Let Die was better than Thunderball. So maybe I will have to change that ranking at the end of these. Anyway, outside of movies, Survivor Winners at War has started. We had our recap with Tina the other day. We have our next recap coming next week with another former winner. As I teased the other day, somebody we've never had on the show, either Survivor or the Oz Network before. Get excited for that. An Australian Survivor. We are planning a pretty bumper special this coming Thursday. We're going to be recording it. We've got four former contestants from the Channel 10 version coming on to do a bit of a recap of the first nine episodes of Australian Survivor All-Stars. So stay tuned for that. So much to keep you entertained here on the Oz Network that we're bursting at the seams. Go and see Sonic the Hedgehog. My name is Ben and gotta go fast. My name is Mallory, and of course I want a latte! (laughs) It's exactly how I'm I don't know. Just go see Sonic. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.